0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, fearless leader. How you doing, man? Yes, Good, another busy weekend. Hey, funny story for y'all, folks. A little behind the scenes stuff. I know it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. Those books always sell well. Behind the scenes stuff, you know. Yeah. Like that that airline uh, attendant who wrote a book about what it was like to be a flight attendant. That book sold bonkers numbers. People always like behind the scenes stuff. So I did what you know. I do these fox hits from my house. I have a home studio here, thankfully, which is great. It's where I do my podcast too. And uh, this weekend, we were doing it from the home studio. We're doing Fox and Friends. And some of you may have seen the hit. And if you did, you may have noticed something unusual. Um, you know, Florida is prone to massive uh, thunderstorms down here. I mean, yeah. they come out of nowhere. It's rained like seven or eight. Yeah, you know, I didn't tell you about the seven or eight inches, I think, in the last couple of days or so. But uh, I'm doing a Fox and Friends hit on Sunday morning. And it is like booming in the background thunder the lightning it was just and i'm like praying because we have all of our studio stuff here yeah on upi uninterrupted power sources here all of it but here's the but over the weekend my wife and i had moved some stuff around and we were kind of consolidating you've seen my office yeah. joe oh, yeah. so we were trying to consolidate some cables and stuff so I made the mistake of plugging the monitor. When you see me on Fox, you're basically seeing a 70-inch TV screen in the background. That's All what right. that is. I made the mistake, Joe, of, pl- of plugging the monitor, not into the UPI, the uninterrupted power. In other words, a battery. Yeah. So it runs off battery no matter what. All the plug does is recharge the battery. So if the power goes out, it doesn't matter. It's running off battery. I plugged it into the surge protector instead. <laughs> oh. Now, the, the, some of you listening may not know what that means. So Many of you do. It means I had no battery backup at all. I only had surge protection. So sure enough, big booming lightning strike by my house. If you're watching the clip... All of a sudden, behind me goes completely black. <laughs> and I'm like, and Pete's funny. Pete Hanks, it's like, all right, uh, a little technical. They, to Fox's credit, they just kept rolling with it. But it was funny. You see this nice Palm Beach skyline in the background, and all of a sudden, black, completely black, nothing there. And so Florida was, that was gone. Yeah, <laughs> Florida disappeared. It was just me and a Black TV screen in the background. And we were like, me and Kurt, the studio guy, were looking at each other. We were like, oh my gosh. And I looked, I'm like, totally my fault, man. I plugged it into the surge protector, but we're all set in the future. All right. Uh, yeah, funny stuff. Some of you may have seen that. A lot going on. Uh, I'm finding it kind of funny. This is just kind of the off topic what I want to get to today about the bifurcated economy and the Hannity protests. But uh, I'm seeing these commercials now by these liberal groups trying to defeat the Republican tax plan. Yeah, I've seen them too. And the, yeah, you've seen these commercials yeah. and they're like, are you concerned about the growing national debt? No, listen, Libs, just stop. Really, just stop. You're embarrassing yourselves, okay? You never, ever cared about the national debt when Barack Obama added $9 trillion to the economy. Never. You loved, you're only concerned about... Now, listen, unlike you, see, here's the difference. I am an actual conservative and a principled one at that. And libertarian in some respects, I don't like the easy labels, but I have some tendencies both ways. I've been concerned about the national debt when, yes, Republicans have added dramatically to it, as we're doing now, as we did under George W. Bush, as happened under the Reagan years. I've been concerned about the national debt, regardless of the person in power, because that's a principle that matters to me, which is not spending money as a government that the citizens of said government do not have. That principle matters to me, and I don't care who's in office, and I've been consistent on this, as most good, solid conservatives have for decades. You're phonies. You're total fraud, so just shut your mouths. Seriously, just shut up. You're embarrassing yourselves. You have no say in this at all, because you're not principled. You're only doing this as a silly political argument. You don't care about the debt. You never cared about the debt when Barack Obama ran up more debt than any president in the United States history. We did. And we were likewise concerned when Bush, did, Bush ran up about $4 trillion, $5 trillion in debt as well. We cared. We thought that was a big deal and inexcusable. They're at Conservatives now where I work, at Conservative Review. Me as well. Very concerned about the debt we're running up now. There's a Republican in charge and Republicans in charge of the House. They've written pieces about it. You, on the other hand, are a phony. You're a total fake and you're a total fraud. You never said a word about government spending when Obama set government spending records. So just be quiet. If you have nothing constructive to say based on a principled argument, just shut your mouth. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but shut up. And you know what I do mean to be rude? Just shut your mouth. Yeah. You're not principled. You have no say in this fight at all. None. You've entirely discredited yourselves. I get it. Swamp rat Republicans have as well. I'm not interested in hearing from them either. But there's one group of people, and actually two groups, the conservatives and the libertarians, and in that I'll include principled Republicans as well because they'll have those tendencies, that are the only ones with a credible voice. Your commercials are a joke. You're laughable. Go away. You have no seat at this table at all. The national debt. You're worried about the national debt now? Where were you when we needed you during Obama and during the Bush years? And where were you then, Jokers? I, I mean, I didn't really want to get into that, but I saw that commercial before I came on the air. I'm like, is this is this, is this a comedy act? Yeah. The Democrats care about national the national debt. Give me a break. Go away. Beat it. All right. Um. You know, over the which really ruined my weekend. Uh, this weekend, I was. Uh, I was in a particularly good mood because I had a light weekend, and it's good for me once in a while because I got a lot of traveling coming up ahead. We're going to be doing the big road shows from this, uh, the Dan Bongino podcast uh, s- s- traveling studio. So I got a lot ahead, and this weekend was kind of uh, slow. So I was looking forward to a calm, kind of relaxing weekend. I was up in uh, Maryland at a fundraising event for friends of mine. And I got back and I see this story break and I'm like, gosh, this is going to ruin my whole weekend because very few stories upset me like the tendency for liberals to want to boycott everything they disagree with. And these absolute and the and the and the liberal imbecile brigade is always led always when it comes to boycotting by Angelo Corazon and the uh, George Soros crowd at Media Matters, who I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just just a word to corporate America, small business America, anyone involved in business, the quickest way to bankruptcy. Just ask the companies that have followed this guy is to follow a media matters boycott. Now, that companies and I'll get to what I'm talking about in a second, but that companies in America are still are still taking advice from media. I call a media doesn't media matters doesn't matter because they call themselves media matters, but they don't matter because the quickest way to bankrupt your company is to follow the to follow these idiots over there. They never, ever learn. A few dopey idiots like Angelo Corazon of all the people, folks. I, I, you know, I rarely say I, I, I don't want to use the H word. Let's say I strongly dislike the very few people, even including people you would think I would strongly dislike. But I, I, I really, I'm a, I'm a big teddy bear, but Angelo Corazon is a, col- is a loser of, I mean, literally epic proportions. Epic, like what? Like you could write a book about what a loser this guy is. He runs Media Matters. He's been going after Sean Hannity forever. So Sean Hannity does an interview with Roy Moore, and because he interviewed Roy Moore and they didn't like the interview, Angelo Corazon and Media Matters start tweeting again, to Keurig and some other sponsors of the Hannity Show. We need to boycott the Hannity Show. And the idiots at Keurig, Joe, Mm -hmm. this is, I mean, you want to rank this among the top five dumbest business decisions in human history. The idiots at Keurig tweet back the, you know, the coffee, the self, the the coffee company Mm -hmm. with the self-contained containers there. Mm -hmm. And you make one cup. The idiots at Keurig tweet back. Yes, we're on this and we're going to look at pulling our ads. We're going to pull our ads from the Hannity Show. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> this is great. This is good. This this is like peak stupid. So you have a company right now. They didn't learn from USAA, apparently that now openly tweets on social media. They're going to pull their ads from a show that is, if not directly watched, but supported by by, you know, what, 40 percent of America who support Donald Trump strongly at this point. Mm who are now engaging in a, a, in a let's trash our Keurig and throw our Eggs out the window thing. So a company's convinced by a group of nutty liberals who nobody cares about but social media, Angelo Corazon and the Media Matters idiots funded by George Soros' dirt money. They follow these guys and say, we're going to pull this, our ads right before the Christmas season where you think a Keurig may be a hot item. <laughs> now, of course, I, I will never, ever, ever drink, buy, purchase uh, patron on anything and i will never ever touch a keurig product again neither will probably i don't know you figure 40 percent, maybe only even if only 10 percent of those are engaged in the boycott and i'm being generous that's four percent of america so you're talking about millions of people right now mm-hmm. potentially million who will now no longer touch your product you people are so stupid how you fell prey to this is just unbelievable when do liberal boycotts work do you realize, Joe? Now, you're, Joe, you—how long you've been involved in the talk radio industry? No, over, over, close to thirty years. How long have they been roughly? How long do you think they've been boycotting or trying to boycott Rush Limbaugh? Oh, since, since the beginning. Yeah, maybe twenty-five years or so. Uh, right well, after yeah, third- on and off since the beginning. I've heard about it. Yeah. Now your station uh, has Limbaugh and has uh, has Hannity, right? You have Hannity still, okay. So Joe's involved in; he works for WCBM in the morning. Yeah, Uh, you can listen to his show there once in a while if you choose. And uh, they have Limbaugh and Hannity. Now, for so for let's just say let's just be generous. Let's say they've been after him for twenty years. You and I both know it's longer, but are Rush Limbaugh and Hannity still on the air? Uh, Yes, they are. So your boycott, and by the way, Sean Hannity makes a lot of money. I'm not going to say how much. I don't know exactly. I might have an idea. Rush Limbaugh makes a lot of money. So your boycott's been an epic failure. You've done nothing to get rid of him. Yet... When you've tried that, when the liberals go after a company, they lose. They've done nothing to get rid of these companies or talk radio at all. Just Angelo Corso's a loser. He's got nothing else to do. He's a loser. Listen to me, someone who knows this guy and talks to Angelo. You are a loser. I'm not, you don't frighten me. You're a, you're a little pajama boy, man child. You don't scare anybody out there. Matter of fact, boycott my show. It'll, it'll be great for ratings. Yeah. Now, Look at the other boycotts when conservatives boycott. We do real damage. Target, closing stores, sales down. Remember Target? Yes, we're going to allow oh, men, yeah. in our, men in our women's room. Well, great idea, Target. That was the end of that. The NFL, ratings way down, half-empty stadiums. I mean, you guys keep losing, and yet companies keep following these liberal idiots off a cliff every single time. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because I... I've discussed on the show before the idea that, and this is where I think we're, I think this is, I haven't really seen any mainstream articles about this. If you see him, send him my way, Daniel com. But this may not be a bad thing. You may say, well, how is, you know, liberals boycotting and, and threatening to boycott not a bad thing? But well, number one, I just explained it because it's never going to work. There will always be company. The companies that sponsor our show are very happy because our we have a large audience that's very loyal and they spend money and none of our audience gives a damn. They give exactly zero blanks about what liberals think about their product. They don't care. You want to buy the product? Buy the product. The sponsors here, by the way, they don't they don't endorse our politics. They may. I don't know. I don't ask them. You know what they do? They want our listeners. That's what they want. I mean this was the way advertising worked forever, right, Joe? Yeah. I mean don't don't you have that that uh that what do you call it, runner or or ad, that that sounder at WCBM that says the views and opinions of the host of this station are not the views of the sponsors? Yeah, disclaimer. I mean, yeah. Disclaimer that's been the way advertising's been forever. Like if you advertise on a show about show about serial killers, what was it Dexter? I mean I get mm-hmm. it was a showtime show whatever, but say it was a, a a show on normal television. Does that mean you endorse serial killing? Don't be an idiot like liberals because you advertise on the Dan Bongino show does not mean you share any of his politics at all. It means you're looking to reach the vast audience we've been blessed by God to have. But liberals have chosen to change the market and associate sponsors with the content. Now. Why do I think this is not a bad thing? Again, number one, it's been totally, completely ineffective. Fox is the largest cable station out there, the largest cable news station out there. Hannity and Limbaugh have gone nowhere. They have never successfully boycotted a large conservative uh, talk radio host off the air. It's not going to happen, ever, because the audience is too big and people are willing to pay for big audiences. So you lose, number one. Number two... These dopey, stupid, loser pajama boy boycotts by Angelo Corazon and his Media Matters uh, losers over there crowd are actually creating a bifurcated economy. You remember when I brought this up in the past, Joe? I recall how the something about it. Yeah. We're, how we're gonna? I, I'm seeing this now. How conservative companies are starting to make a move into arenas previously dominated. By other first entrance, Porter's, Porter's five forces for you MBA students, you know, the, the first mover effects out there, right? First movers and stuff have dominated these fields. The fact that liberals have introduced politics let me let me explain this right. Wherever liberals have whatever arena liberals have introduced politics into advertising, mm-hmm. like boycott's show, yeah. conservatives are winning. You're not winning. What do I mean? Well, this weekend, in a response to the Keurig's unbelievably stupid decision to boycott the Sean Hannity Show, which I promise you is going to be a disaster, regardless of what your loony liberal friends tell you, this will be an absolute disaster. Now I see this weekend, I had never heard of this company before in my life, but I've heard of them now. Why? Because everybody out there said, boycott Keurig, here's a conservative company. And you ever hear of this company, Black Rifle Coffee? No, no. Never, I've never heard of them. I've never. I. I they. It seems. Joe, look these guys up. They're not a sponsor of my show. I get the nothing for telling you this. I. I don't know. I've never had their coffee. Joe, their ads are the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's a black matter rifle, of fact. Black Rifle Coffee, Dan. Black Rifle Coffee. You got to look it up. They have an ad out. It's hysterical. And the ad ends with the owner, who I think is a military veteran. He definitely supports him. And he says, some people say patriotism is racism. This is the actual ad. (laughs) He goes, let me tell you something. At Black Rifle Coffee, we give exactly zero Fs. And he uses the word about what you think. I'm (laughs) like, this is the greatest ad I've ever heard. What (laughs) happened? Hannity, with his, what, three million Twitter followers... Of course, retweeted the ad. I retweeted it. And he's saying today on his show, he's got some special announcement about buying coffee. So, so I'm going to listen in. The point is, Joe, this co- I don't know about their coffee. It may be great. It may be awful. I have no idea. I- I've never heard of them before. The point is, now I'm certainly going to look at picking up a few bags of it. Why? (laughs) Not because I know anything about them. Strictly because Angelo Corazon and his imbecile crowd at Media Matters chose to boycott the Hannity Show, and a stupid coffee company by the name of Keurig thought it would be a good idea during the holiday buying season, Joe, to join in a boycott. That's a great idea, you colossal morons at Keurig. Now you introduced me to the alternative, who, by the way... Given the way Hannity tweeted them yesterday and other people retweeted them like me, I have 160,000-something followers on Twitter too, 200,000 on Facebook. You, Joe, you cannot pay for that kind of publicity. Right, right. So again, the reason these liberal boycotts in the long run I don't think are a bad thing is, number one, they've been entirely ineffective. They've blown up in liberals' faces. The NFL, Target, but they don't blow up in our face. Yeah, they cost you a few sponsors here and there, but trust me, Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and Beck and a lot of these people, they're not living in the poorhouse, okay? In the end, you're going to lose. Secondly, you are actually bifurcating, creating a fork in the road with the economy. Everywhere you introduce politics, you are actually hurting the standard first mover players in the field like Koerig who join in with you, and you're actually publicizing conservative companies, creating a conservative economy? That would have never existed if you would have just shut the up. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Sure. If Craig would have just shut up and said, we're not boycotting the Hannity Show. We don't endorse or condemn opinions. We're just an advertiser. If they just would have shut up, no one would have ever heard of Black Rifle Coffee. Well, not no one, but you. Can, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have been, now we're our, what, 25,000 listeners in 24 hours that we have? Now we're our 25,000 listeners, plus more because it's obviously a taped podcast and people who join later on download the show. You may be hearing this six months from now. It's in November. You may be hearing this in March of next year. Now you're like Black Rifle Coffee. You would have never heard of them if it wasn't for the idiots at Media Matters who now, one, are completely unsuccessful and secondly, have now provided free advertising for a conservative alternative. Folks, these stories infuriate me because they go to show you how I, I, I'm always engaged in this ongoing debate with, with, uh, with, with my liberal friends. I say that term loosely, friends. About sometimes things liberals do are very smart. We may not agree with them, but they're very smart. They're very tactical about things, like how they designed Obamacare and that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Yes. But some of the things they do are just really dumb, and they do it out of pure rage and anger, even when it blows up in their face. Like, Angelo Corazon is a pajama boy loser. He just doesn't like Sean Hannity. So he thinks he's hurting Sean Hannity when he's doing nothing. Sean Hannity's like, he could buy Angelo Corazon's entire family, okay? He has more wealth than Corazon, and and maybe he doesn't have any more than George Soros, but he could probably buy Media Matters if he wanted to. You're not hurting Hannity. You're only introducing conservatives who go, oh, wait, Keurig associates with Suros? Okay, not buying that again. Hey, what's the alternative? Oh, Black Rifle coffee? I'm all over that. We, folks, we charge a lot. Uh, well, not a lot, but we charge a decent amount of money to sponsor our show. Right. Our sponsors pay a lot. And we, we're always grateful because we have a loyal audience. I get tons of email about Filter Buy, Patriot Supply, everything. Brick House. We have a really loyal audience. You realize, I run my own show, my own content, nobody tells me what to do. You realize Black Rifle Coffee, Joe, you know what we charge per ad. Yeah. It's a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty good? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> they just got a free 10-minute commercial on my show, strictly because of Pajama Boy Corazon at Media Matters. <laughs> 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 nice job, moron. All right. That's, so, I, I, wait, in case you think I'm just, oh, you you're just coffee, you said... You know, wherever politics, liberal politics gets introduced, there's a bifurcated economy and conservative alternatives emerge. You just mentioned coffee. No, no, no. What about Hollywood? Mm -hmm. So liberals decided to enter the coffee business. Keurig accommodated them. Now we see their alternative. Liberals decided to enter Hollywood, what, 30, 40 years ago where they became the mainstream presence in Hollywood? What are we seeing now? The emergence of Christian film alternatives that, by the way, conveniently tied to Sean Hannity as well. Hannity just released that that movie a couple, of, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. And the per screen average, the that's all that really matters, folks. The amount of money the movie made per screen it was on, its opening week was like number two in the country. Why? Because conservatives are not going to go see your stupid liberal movies when you open your yaps and insult us. This is not a news flash. However, they will go see Kevin Sorbo. was it let there be yeah let there be light was the name of the movie. who by the way, gets now a free commercial on my show again to show you how stupid the pajama boy liberals and their dopey boycott means are. So he Sean sponsor he's a, he was a producer on this movie Let There be Light with Kevin and Sam Sorbo in it. The movie made more per screen than big budget Hollywood blockbusters. The movie's going to wind up making everybody involved a whole ton of money because the economy is going in two directions. The liberal economy is failing and the conservative alternatives are taking over precisely because the liberals think they can boycott us out of the economy, not really realizing we're the ones that spend the money. You think that's... A, but, so you said, okay, coffee. The conservative coffee market, yeah. conservative Hollywood yeah. it's taking over now. The media. Who's the number one player, Joe, in cable news right now? Fox. Fox News, yeah. Fox News. Who's the number one? Where did that come from? I remember as a Secret Service agent being an instructor, we had, uh, was it Roger Ailes came down? or I think it was Roger Ailes. Someone from Fox came down. I'm pretty sure it was Ailes at the time. And he gave a speech to the graduating students. And someone asked him during the speech, or he just brought it up maybe without being asked in the speech about, no, no, he said he's frequently asked what made them think of Fox News. And he said it was simple, like we just figured out that 50% of America didn't have a conservative alternative, so All we right. gave them one. It's now the biggest cable news monster in the world. They, they dominate cable news, Fox News. You know, MSNBC has a couple blips here and there where they do okay. CNN's a mess. Fox News dominates the cable news market. So here's your choices. You want to advertise on cable news? You can go to the channel people watch, Fox, or you can advertise where nobody sees it. Nice job. Good job, folks. Really well done. So again, liberals entered into the media industry and created a bifurcated economy and a conservative alternative, just like they did in Hollywood with the emergence of Christian film. And just like they just did this weekend in the coffee industry with a company I had never even heard of. Here's number four. Academia. You may say, oh, gosh, there's not a conservative alternative to academia. Really? You Mm -hmm. sure about that? We've seen Liberty University. We've seen Hillsdale. Now, are these the big players in the field? Are they taking over like Fox News was? No. The point is the alternatives are being created now and will be created in the future as you see uh, the emergence of MOOCs. MOOCs. The heck are MOOCs? MOOCs. Massive Open Online Courses. It's an acronym. You're going to see these Massive Open Online Courses, computer-generated courses certification courses everything in the future that are going to be the dominant players in the field are they necessarily conservative alternatives Uh, not really the point is they're going to open up as alternatives to liberal academia now where parents won't send their kids folks you're already seeing it you're already seeing parents saying i'm not donating to endowments and i'm not sending my kids to this crap institution anymore because it's a bunch of liberal maniacs you're already seeing it the alternatives are already there So again, just to sum up, I know liberals think they're, this is such a resounding, but they're angry. They think they're such a success with these boycotts. You're just angry pajama boy losers. Your anger is actually creating a stronger, more viable economy for conservatives in the future that now have alternatives they would have never had or have never have been aware, uh, aware of before your stupid boycotts. Idiots. That's why Hannity tweeted last night. He thinks this is hysterical. You think they're going to have a tough time finding sponsors? I'll tell you who's going to have a tough time, Joe, and I'll leave it at this. Mm. Keurig finding customers for its crap coffee. Good luck, imbeciles. Idiots. Your your coffee sucks anyway. You ever see that report (laughs) in the Huffington Post that Hannity tweeted out? Read it about the disgusting crap in those machines. Read that report. In the Huffington Post, of all places, Keurig. You have one of those, throw it right in the garbage. I won't ever support these people again. No, I don't teach them a lesson. All right, folks, speaking of sponsors, we have a really good sponsor, and I was very happy to get an email from Mary this weekend, who uh, is purchasing our filters from Filter Buy. Thank you very much. Love Filter Buy. I work from home, so it matters to me, folks. You know that the air inside your house, you spend 90% of your time people on average indoors, right? And the air in your house, your as fa- your family breathes in, me, and my daughters contains up to a hundred times greater air pollution than the air's out than the air outside. That's pretty gross. I have horrendous <laughs> allergies, so this was a na- that's why when these guys came on board, I was happy because I actually just replaced my damn filter too. So they're going to send me a new one. So I'm going to replace it again with theirs. You know why? They double the industry standard MERV rating on most filter size. You got to breathe clean air at your house, folks. I'll spare you all the technical stuff, but here's what you need to know. You'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution, which bothers the heck out of me. I get really itchy. All their filters are manufactured right here in America, and they can ship any size and in any quantity. Here's the good news. I spoke with these guys on the phone. They're terrific. They'll handle commercial accounts, too. You have a building... You have a house, you have a big business, a small business, you have 10 filters, 20 filters, you have 1,000 filters, they'll ship them. Doesn't matter. Any size, any quantity. You'll save 5% when you set up auto delivery. You'll never even have to worry about it again, all right? Go to FilterBuy.com today and get the best price on top of quality filters shipped within 24 hours. Plus, the shipping is free. Go to FilterBuy.com that's filterby.com. And if you get the opportunity, tell them you heard about it on the Dan Bongino show here. Uh, we appreciate it, folks. And thanks to Mary for going to Filterby. And I really appreciate you all supporting our sponsors. These are really good people. All right. I keep all my sponsors. Like I I take little pictures of their stuff. So I one of the emails I get. You know, because I really our audience show is the greatest ever. They support me, they support our sponsors. I really love it. I really appreciate it. Okay, uh, there's a really terrific piece in the journal. Unfortunately, it's a sponsor only, but I'll sum up for you uh, what's going on with it because it's really, really interesting, folks. It talks about how, listen, we're debating tax cuts right now, right? Uh, supposedly, the House is going to vote on the tax cut package this week. But really, and, and Dan Horowitz, a conservative review, has been all over this as well. And I'll, I'll put one of those links in the show notes at Bongino.com. And if you subscribe to my email list, I will uh, send you these, these articles. They're really terrific. Talks about how the worst tax of all, Joe, is... The individual mandate tax on Obama and Obamacare. Hmm. The tax you pay that you will pay if you don't have an Obamacare compliant plan. Now, this is... they need to get rid of this. The Republicans need, and, and I discussed this a little bit last week, but just quickly to sum up again, this thing is going to save $338 billion over 10 years if we repeal it because the government won't have to pay subsidies then for people who join Obamacare and won't have to pay for the expanded Medicaid as well. That gives the government the ability to take that $338 billion in savings, Joe, and apply it to what? To tax cuts. So you don't lose people saying, oh, my gosh, well, we won't be paying for, you know, subsidies for people to get Obamacare. Yeah, but we'll be giving them our own money back so they can buy their own insurance. You don't lose when the government doesn't take money from you. Don't be an idiot, you know. So this would save three hundred thirty eight billion dollars. Worst of all, though, the reason some and Tom Cotton's been pushing this heavy in in the Senate. So just to sum up what I'm talking about, getting rid of the individual mandate tax. Cotton's been pushing for this and a number of Republicans. Because if we get rid of the individual mandate tax, again, we can just give the money back to the people. It's their money. Because you wouldn't be taxing them for not having Obamacare. Make sense, Joe? Yeah, yeah. So here's the worst part about this. Now, I kind of gave away the store. But let me just do you a pop quiz with you. You guys ready for the quiz? Let's see who gets this right. Here we go. If you get this wrong, by the way, really seriously, you you haven't been listening. To me. You you you're either out there mowing your lawn and you just tuned in. But let's do a little test. Let's say you just tuned in. You're mowing your lawn and you just started paying attention. If you had to design a tax, right, right, that was the worst possible tax, right? That it's it, you know it skewed income uh, uh, consumption decisions. Excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, it distorted the economy. If you had to design it, here's what I would do. First, I would enact a tax show that had so many exemptions to it that only 5% of the taxpayers actually paid the tax. So in other words, this is a tax on the economy, but there are so many loopholes to it that only five out of 100 people actually pay the tax. That'd be pretty bad, wouldn't you say, Joe? Yeah, pretty bad. If the goal of a tax, right, you and I could both agree, is to raise money to fund the government, Right. Right. And you wanted to design a piss poor tax, what would you do? You'd create so many exemptions that only 5% of people pay it. Now- if those 5% of people, Joe, if you wanted 5% of people to pay a tax, do you want... Now, if, this is not a trick question, right? If you're a liberal and you only had five out of 100 people paying the tax, you're a lib now, Joe. They try to think... Of, I know it's hard for you to try to be stupid. Go, You know what? This may be an opportunity for caveman, Joe. Let's resort to caveman mode because you're going to need to drop your IQ at least 100 points. So, Joe, very simple question. You're now liberal caveman, Joe. If you want five out of 100 people to pay a tax and you're a liberal, so you're a class warrior, do you want rich people to pay the tax or poor people to pay the tax? Rich people. Ah, there you go. Caveman Joe bringing the pain again. This guy, Caveman Joe, smarter than most liberals. That's a funny thing. Yes, this is correct. You're going to design a taxi. For Joe to think like a liberal, he's got to resort to caveman mode because you really have to be an idiot. So Joe is correct. If you are a liberal and only 5% of people are going to pay the tax, you want the rich people to pay it, not the poor people. Whoa, well, 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 well. You know, we do this crazy thing, Joe, facts and data in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's nuts. I know liberals have a tough time with that. But who is actually paying this tax? I get I, I, you guys are probably in on the gag. Obviously, this is the individual mandate tax. Only 5% of people pay it. Mm-hmm. And here's who pays it. It's costing Americans between 695 and $13,380 a year. It's paid by 6.5 million households, and here's the kicker for all you liberals out there who have a tough time with this. It's paid largely by low-income individuals. 79% of households that paid the tax had annual incomes of da, da, da! $50,000 a year and 90% of the people who paid the individual mandate tax the penalty for not having Obamacare made less than 75000 a year. Oh, you think I'm making that up? Where's that from? Oh, it's from the IRS. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Hmm. Okay. So we're designing the dumbest tax in human history. Hmm. The tax now only affects 5% of taxpayers. It, it's paid for largely by people who are poor or middle income at best. Now, even better. It hits people. Let's design a tax job because, again, we're we're trying to design the dumbest tax in American history. Let's design a tax that only hits people when they're at their most vulnerable, like when they lose their job and lose their health care. Oh, that's a great— Great job, Libs. Very well done again. Let's not only design a tax that hammers a limited number of people. Let's make sure that limited number of people are really poor. And then let's make sure we hit said poor people when they lose their jobs and don't have health care. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. You are, let me be fair, let me be uh, gender neutral in this one. Z, he, and she, let's use gender neutral pronouns, and they. You are just wonderful on the liberal side of designing really peak stupid procedures and policies. This is amazing. And finally, here's the other doozy here. Yeah, by the way, it inflates the costs of products and services too, because it forces people to buy into entitle, entitlement programs like Medicaid and stuff that they don't want to, because they're paying the taxes anyway. So, liberal bad... <laughs> yes, <Liberal dude>. <laughs> even caveman joe gets it even caveman joe liberal with bad. his iq of negative 67 <laughs> is capable of understanding how stupid these people are this is i mean i read i, I know i know i know every time in every show i say i'm not going to mention obamacare again but it is just folks it's it's such a cornucopia of 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 of, of liberal stupidity I mean, like I said last week, liberals are like the chicken in the stupid soup and it like it floats there all day. And it's like you just have to talk about it because it's so obvious. They are so bass backwards. Right. Every single time, ta- every single time that I feel like if I don't highlight this to you, I'm losing a golden opportunity, even <laughs> if I'm discussing some of the same topics repeatedly. This is the worst tax in human history. And, ne- and now. Just to sum up and go back to the beginning, the reason I brought up how bad it was and I discussed all those negative components paid for by poor people at their most vulnerable time, mm-hmm. paid for by a limited number of folks, is because Republicans, Joe, this is a ground ball. Mm-hmm. This is a bunt. Get rid of it. Get rid of the tax, the penalty for not buying Obamacare. Right, Joe? Yeah. Is this hard? Easy Just get enough. rid of it. Yeah. Easy enough, right? Yeah. Now, why are the Republicans balking on it? Because supposedly, according to the journal, I've not heard anybody tell me this. This is just secondhand by me, but it was in the Wall Street Journal editorial page. Apparently, a lot of Republicans are a little bit shell-shocked still over their failure to repeal Obamacare and the negative publicity they got. So, of course, they have no guts. And I say, buck up, you big frauds. Sheesh. I mean, you're in Congress right now or the Senate. Yeah, I remember the Valley Forge generation where people actually had some balls. I mean, what is wrong with you people? You went up there to do something, you cowards. Do something. I'm serious. Now, I'm not talking about all of them. There's some good guys up there. There are. I know we're generally disappointed in politicians, but I know some of them that are principled people. What do you have? No gut. This is the biggest ground ball ever. Get rid of the tax for people who can't afford health care. And then just give them a tax cut. This is a bunt. For those of you not baseball fan, you know what a bunt is? They throw the pitch. You, like, catch the ball with the bat. Yeah. You don't even have to swing. Nobody misses a bunt. Hi, hey, this is a bunt. Just do it. But they're afraid, Joe. Will you grow a set, please? My gosh. Thank God you people weren't alive during the Revolutionary War. I'm serious. Really? That war would have been lost Someone said to me once, "We don't be speaking English right now, huh?" <laughs> Come again. That line doesn't work when you talk about the revolution. It's a joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> some people got that, some didn't. <laughs> but someone said that to me once. It was a, it was it was, a, it, was a, it was a very intellectual joke. That uh, if you understand the real joke, you'll get it. All right, <laughs> I just really bothered by that because you know, Republican futility drives me crazy, and this show is an equal opportunity offender. That's why it used to be called. The renegade Republican. Some of you, by the way, have asked me why we changed the name. Uh, honestly, folks, it, it started as a joke, the renegade Republican, because that was Obama's name. It's a, it was his military you know, code name in the Secret Service, which is not classified anymore. It's all over the Internet, but it started as a joke. And really, it was getting hard for people to find us as the show has grown in popularity. So it's the Dan Bongino show, just for the sake of simplicity. So I should have, you know, I may have mentioned it before, but mention it now. What the heck? All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. Now, of all the products we advertise, um, this one is quickly getting up there uh, in, in the feedback meter for one of the, I mean, the positive feedback on this product is amazing. People have been sending me their scores and their marksmanship is going through the roof. Well, what is iTarget? That's iTarget with an eye, by the way, not eye like you're, the organ that allows you to see. It's a a tool you can improve your marksmanship dramatically. Marksmanship is a skill, like shooting a basketball, hitting a baseball, even bunting over time, right? You need to get better at this stuff. You got to practice it. Well, folks, range time is expensive. Ammunition is expensive. It's good to go there. Don't get me wrong. But not everybody has the time or the opportunity to get to the range, use their firearm, and get proficient. Now, when I was in the Secret Service, we had a saying, you're responsible for every round, meaning anybody can shoot. But you better shoot good, because every round that comes out of that gun, because you're near the president, you were you were accountable for. Folks, you have to be able to look, align your sights, trigger control. This is all important. What does this let you do, I target? It uses a laser in place of the bullet. It's really pretty genius. It's not going to damage your gun in any way. You drop it in there. And when you pull the trigger, it emits a laser onto a target they give you. You can see exactly where your round's going. It's recorded on an app. I have people who can't put this thing down. It's almost like a video game. You can't stop playing. I got a friend that, that just ordered one, and he's disabled and he can't get out of his house. It's very difficult. Who can't put the thing down? He emails me all the time about it. Go give it a shot. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter itargetpro.com. And just know this, pick this up because competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more than they actually live fire rounds. Dry fire, meaning they don't use, they just depress the trigger and learn how to slowly depress, align those sights, focus on that front sight. This is really important stuff. Take your dry fire practice to the next level using iTarget Pro. The laser is, pr- and this thing is amazing. You, you watch, you'll be hitting bullseyes in a couple weeks. Go to itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com and use promo code Dan. It's my name, D A N, and you'll save an astonishing 10%. Itargetpro.com. Pick it up. You're going to love this. Send me your reviews, daniel at They've been extraordinary. Oh, all right. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, 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 this is a doozy. Hey, um, I got a great piece in the show notes today. I need you to read, but in a national review by a guy I really uh, like who does uh, great pieces, Kevin Williamson. He wrote a book, uh, what is it called? The Idiot's Guide to Socialism or something? It's one of my. Hold on a sec. Joe, don't go anywhere. All right. Should I sing? Uh. Well, you can leave that in there. I, I'm going to find it. He wrote a really cool book. I think it's called The Idiot's Guide to Socialism or something like that. But I love the book, but he writes at National Review and he always does a good job. And he did a piece today. Again, we're going to get ready. There's actual facts and data here. I know this are hard. They, you know, facts and data are difficult for you. I know you've been vaccinated against that kind of stuff. But he fillets this Washington Post writer, Catherine Rampell, who is really a horror show. Her writing is, frankly, embarrassing. And she is one of the most arrogant people I've I mean, Just watch her on Twitter. She really believes she's super smart, despite the fact that she took the fax vaccine a long time ago. And Rampell writes a hit piece against the Republican tax plan, which, by the way, I have my own beefs with. I've already been clear on those in prior shows, if you've listened to them. But she writes a hit piece on the Republican tax plan. And she basically uses every Republican stereotype in the book. And she said, well, it favors, quote, Joe, passive income. In other words, like income earned by the people who are out yachting and golfing all day and these rich people. And they're just making money off investments and they're not actually working. Well, Rampel is an economic buffoon who knows nothing. And Williamson absolutely fillets her in what is an awesome piece. Again, it will always be available at the show notes when I talk about this stuff. So go give it a look. But here's the gist of it. Rampel's premise from 30,000 feet is that what she calls passive income, which is almost a joke. In other words, investment income, Joe, not income for actual labor, Right. that that income reduces the incentive to work because why would you work if you could invest and make the same amount of money? Okay. Now that one, that is one of the dumbest explanations of, of capital income and things that I've ever heard in my life, but that's what liberals do. They're economic idiots like Rampel. So they just say stupid things and they expect everybody to go along. Now, obviously, Joe, why is that explanation wrong? Well, it's wrong because there's significant risk in capital income from invested capital while there's very little risk at all from income from labor. In other words, Joe, you have a job at WCBM, right? You get paid weekly or bi-weekly? Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, so... The money shows up every two weeks, right? Yeah. You, they don't stiff you? No. Now, let me ask you a question. It's not a trick. If the stock market goes down in two weeks, do you still get paid? Yes. If the stock market goes up in two weeks, do you still get paid? Yes, I do. Okay, so the, you get paid no matter what, right? Yeah. There's no risk yeah. in it, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, not, again, not a trick. Okay. Now, if you are a, again, not a trick question, Joe. If you are a stockholder right. and the stock goes up next week, do you make money? Yes. If the stock you own and you're a stockholder goes down next week, do you lose money? Yes. If the stock goes, if this company goes bankrupt and the stock is worth nothing, what are you worth? Uh, I'm worth nothing, Dan. Nothing. Yes, this is not. I I feel bad for you because I sometimes I said about these are not tricks. Yes, if if, if you are a, a a quote passive passive income, this is what this Rampell was. Zero right. economic knowledge whatsoever. Passive income involves significant risk. People have to invest in other companies, which takes a lot of work. Right, Joe. Yeah, people who go out and make money off stocks don't go like this. Uh, let me see. You remember the magic eight ball, Joe? Oh, yeah. Remember the magic yeah, eight ball. I love them. Let me shake the magic eight ball. What am I going to invest in today? I'm going to invest in Snapchat. Yes, there you go. Let me take twenty million to put it. What are you, an idiot? You sit there all day. You go over the. You go over with your advisors. What you could. This takes work to invest in 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 fruitful entrepreneurial productive American companies. So she doesn't even understand what she's talking about by the term passive income because she's a liberal and they don't get any of that but secondly she says well on the other hand a lot of these these rich evil rich people yeah. um she doesn't say evil but that's what she's insinuating oh, yeah. They, they yeah of course the thirst <laughs> they inherit a lot of their money joe and you know of course that's wrong so we got to do something about that stop the inheriting of money but oh oh wait wait here we go we're going to interrupt the the rampel idiocy brigade by stopping them with a speed bump of facts and data here so <laughs> The top wealth uh, quintile, Joe, yeah. the quintiles. the top wealth uh, quintile, right? Quintile. 15% of their wealth comes from inheritance. So 15. Now, now we, don't, we don't need Jay's abacus now because I'm right. running out of time, but this right. would be, I'll be honest with you, this would be a golden opportunity for Jay's abacus to reappear in the show. 15% of the top uh, of of the uh, the top wealth quintile 15% of their of their uh, wealth is due to inherited you know assets gifts right. and things like that. The lowest uh, uh quintile Joe mm-hmm. 43% of their wealth is from inheritance. So uh, now I get mm-hmm. it. Uh, to, again to be fair because we do facts and data unlike Rampell who's an economic illiterate um, You may say to yourself, well, if you're inheriting a billion dollars, I'll take 15% of a billion over 43% of maybe inheriting $2,000. Yes, you'd be correct, folks. But that's the argument she's making is irrelevant. The argument she's making is that this is the primary form of income these people are earning, therefore enabling them to do nothing but sit on the golf course and yacht all day out on their yacht. But that's not the case. 85% of their wealth is not from the inheritance. You you see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, she's saying you sit around on your butts all day. But if you're rich and successful and it's not true, therefore, we should attack generational wealth. Although, Joe, generational wealth benefits as a percentage of their actual wealth, people who are poor far greater than it does people who are rich. But don't let that fact get in the way of your stupid argument. Now, why is that? If you make ten thousand dollars a year and you're relatively poor and your parents leave you a home and you inherit that home, and it's worth $200,000, that's life-changing for you. Mm-hmm. So Rampel's argument is what? We should attack generational wealth, even though it benefits some of the poorest people among us? Now, you may say, oh, well, there's income limits to all that stuff. That's fine, but that still defeats a lot of your argument. The whole argument she's making is that passive income is not it, it, it's the large portion of what these people do. They yacht all day. That's just not true. The ability, the money's already taxed the first time and it's and they're taxing it now. But the death tax is a terrible thing. But saying that this is like the primary form of income for these people, passive income, and they've never worked for it is not accurate. The numbers are completely wrong. It's only 15 percent of their wealth, while it's 43 percent of the wealth of people who are in lower income categories, which makes my point that generational wealth is a net asset for people who are poor and attacking it for people who are rich under the guise that they shouldn't inherit it because they won't work is defeated by the numbers Mm. because it's not the primary source of their wealth. But again, don't let any of that get in the way of your stupid arguments. But Williamson explains it really well, lays out some detail in his piece. It's really terrific. I strongly encourage you to look at it. I'll put it in the show notes today. You get what I was saying, Joe? Yeah, yeah. That's that our argument is, yeah. yeah, rich people don't do anything. Meanwhile, it's it's, it's not even 50, it's, it's 15% of their wealth. Mm-hmm. So it's not true. And that passive income is a bad thing, although passive income largely benefits the poor. I, I was afraid I didn't sum that up. So that's the that's the takeaway from the piece today. Oh, cool. But again, libs, don't let that get in the way of you know your your stupid arguments. I'm just, it's so unbelievable. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Go to Bongino.com, Subscribe to my email list, and I'll send you those pieces. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.